With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Afternoon, Axomers. It's twelve thirty. It's the Monday Club. I'm Tony Haggerty, and I'm joined as ever by Axom's version of an Adidas original. It's Russell Boyce. Yes, Boyce mate. Yeah. I'm great, mate. I'm buzzing today. I've got to be honest. I'm really excited, and I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by the amazing Amy Canavan on such a special day as this, ladies and gentlemen. Amy will be witnessing her beloved country, Scotland appearing in a major finals tournament for the first time ever. And the question in everybody's lips, Amy, is can you boogie boogie all night long? I can boogie all night long. I am, honestly, I am so buzzing. Like I can't I can't put any words like I was like it was like Christmas Eve last night. It really I, was. 
um, I was just such a such a wee, a wee kid and you know like I struggled to get this to sleep I was dying to wake up this morning I'm just absolutely buzzing it's um so it's, it's it's now real I think up until now it has just been so surreal I am um, but I am I, I am absolutely buzzing the minute the team sheets out it's just oh it's amazing like I'm so yeah. I want to be you today. I want to have that feeling of watching my country in our first ever tournament. Totally. I had it at 78 World Cup. I was six in Scotland, lost to Peru, and it was the worst feeling ever. But uh, here's hoping to get a better result. But, I mean, how does it feel? The floor's yours. Just on you go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough with Russell Lee. It's tough with Russell Lee. Oh, well, absolutely. I think... Um, like, I watched it. I, do you know what, what's mad that's happened, right? See France 98 for me. See when me and my mates talk about it. It's like a JFK moment now. Where were you when you watched Scotland last at a tournament? And everyone can now tell you exactly where they were, who they were with, because it's been so long since the last time. So it actually became more significant. Where were you when John Collins scored against Brazil? Everyone knows exactly who they were with, where they were. And it's just time to make more memories today, guys. Time to make those memories all over again and it's the first one I've watched as an adult. And I'm honest, I've got my, my wee brother coming over, my best friend in the world. I've got my dog with me. It's going to be the best day ever. I'm really excited. I can't deny it. I'm buzzing, man. Absolutely buzzing. Amy, what are you doing for it? I am, as I said last week, I'm getting my drag later, so I'm trying to be a little bit more responsible today. So um, my dad and my brother, um, hopefully my uncle as well. And it's just, this one's just in the house. It's all, it's an awkward time, mate. It's a... It's a so yeah, rank yeah. because of the kickoff, but um, no, I think to, I think there needs to be something a little bit special about this one. But watching it with my dad, like I'm quite sentimental when it comes to things like that. Like yeah. I've literally I've been through, well, I'm so probably about 15 years of heartache is, is what I can remember. Um, 15, 16 years. So he's been there for the 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 whole time throughout that. You know, we've cried at you know Kazakhstan, cried at France, cried everywhere else. Um, the Czechs, the Slovaks over the years. So it's um, no, it's going to be special to watch it to watch it with him. Um, and he's buzzing as well because it's such a moment for him. That's his two kids. Totally. Everything else we've we've done together and we've, we're all grown up and that kind of you know dad and, and daughter and dad and son moments are kind of all disappearing now because my brother's 90, uh, 19 in a few weeks so we are getting older so it's going to be really special to have this um, just between us and um, I'm buzzing I'm just so excited Amy, Amy I'm 48 and I'm going to my mum and dad's to watch it right? <laughs> I, know you're, I know what you're thinking 48 he's never 48 oil of oil works man miracle stuff right, anyway we will talk about Celtic but it's remiss if it's not to address Scotland game, you know what I mean I mean where were you on the I think a lot of schools are letting the kids watch the Scotland game today yeah I, I mean I'm all for that I mean it's, it's a massive 23 years in the making you know I mean let the kids enjoy it you know Absolutely. And create heroes and you know, people that they look up to and admire we got to watch it for in 2014 and there was no need for that. We watched, uh, we got, we were allowed to watch games in 2014 World Cup. Um, so the fact that some schools are only 11 when Scotland are actually playing, I find that unbelievable. But right, um, no, they have, you, ha- you have to, this is, the thing is as well, it's a two o'clock kickoff, you know, most schools are out by half three. It's not like it's at the, the crack of the middle of the day um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's prime time. And it's, you know, summer holidays are coming here as well. This is, um, this is this is historic. So you, now nah, you've got to you've got to let the kids watch it. This is a version of Games Day, isn't it? This is Games yeah, Day. It is. 
Except game, you're not bringing in Kirkland, you know what I mean? Connect for, you know what I mean? So, you all for that Speaking of the summer, I mean, I think we hit a peak of about 12 degrees yesterday, and that's me burnt already, Tony. What chance have I got, mate? I'm just looking at that coupon, it's like a well scaled baby's bottom there, Russell. It's great, that's marvelous. Hey, go on. Right, we talk about the roaring. Free scoring, never boring. Maybe come back to Scotland at the end. A uh, couple of things at the weekend that struck me in reading various media outlets. One was a goalkeeper, and they got they've been linked with Matt Ryan, and then the boy Danny Ward had a good game for Wales, and a lot of Celtic supporters mm-hmm. signed him. You know the guy that was at Aberdeen and and Sean at Petodre. So I want you to get your thoughts on that. I mean. First and foremost, Amy, do you think Celtic need a new goalkeeper? Would you give Barkas another shot or would you be inclined to maybe, I mean, if they can get Matt Ryan, they'll have won a watch there. But I think he was, he's also maybe thinking about going back to Arsenal on loan. But if he goes back to Arsenal, he might not play. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ange could persuade him to come north of the border and actually play and compete for trophies and win stuff. Or I'm not sure if Celtic are in for Danny Ward, but a goalkeeper of that stature maybe. Decently start from the back and work your revolution that way. Absolutely, I think um, I, I think I would certainly be inclined um, to, to go for a goalkeeper. I think no matter what, many um, I think many Celtic fans would actually be quite happy if Conor Hazard maybe went out alone this season. Um, just built up a little bit ex- more experience. Um, I've been extremely impressed by him. So it'd be, um, I think that'd be a good move for him. And then again, you know, we've called all season that not many of us have been impressed with the duo of Barkas or Bain. Um, so I think it is important that we, you know, we work out and, and figure out that that spine of the team. Um, and I think it does. It'll start at the goalkeeper. So it'd be great to bring in somebody like you say of the, the standard of Matt Ryan. Um, you know, an abundance of Premier League experience and abundance of uh, international experience as well. So he'd be coming in, and as you say, obviously he's been on loan at, um, at Arsenal this season, and it's just it was his. I think it's his boyhood club and everything like that, wasn't it? It was quite the magical move for him. Um, but you know, he's still, you know, goalkeepers. You just need to look at, you know, Gigi Buffon, and I'm not comparing them, but they can they can last a lifetime. Yeah. Um, so he's he's got plenty of years still left in the tank, and if he still wanted, you know, some competitive football, then you think that a move here possibly with Ange could be quite lucrative for him. So it's um, it's one that you definitely like to monitor, and hopefully it can go a little bit fo- further as well. And then you look at Danny Ward, who's he's kind of, you know, it's been the, I think for the Welsh over the years that they've just they've always had a decent goalkeeper as well, you know. When Hennessy's not all too bad. I think he's maybe been prone to a few more mistakes, and that's maybe allowed the door to open for for Ward. But it's um, you know, it, it's it's another it's another name that Celtic can can chuck in the hat. Um, you know, that hat's massive with Celtic possible signings. But um, you know, between those two, I'd be I'd be excited at them both. Yeah, it's just interesting to see that we are and supposed to call Glucasti's net for signings, isn't it? You know, and you know, the, the the talk has been that he likes to attack, but he's maybe not defensively minded. But you you want Celtic to certainly this season have a settled defence and a settled goalkeeper. Russell, I'm I'm of the opinion that if you can get either of those two, Matt Ryan or Danny Ward, then yep, I would certainly encourage that and, and encourage and Postecoglou to maybe inquire about that. No, I think you're spot on. I think actually the Matt Ryan one has all the hallmarks of when Neil Lennon was successful in charge. When he, the one guy he wanted first was Fraser Foster. Yep. Now, the difference is Matt Ryan is a guy he's worked with. That's the, it's like 
You need the manager to have implicit trust in their goalkeeper. Implicit trust is required. And that is someone that he took to a World Cup and started him in goals. They know each other. And I think, let's look at the positives of Vange, you know, because obviously I've said my piece on, you know, the negative side of things. But if he's got the the experience and the history of working with certain players we might not have thought of initially, Matt Ryan wasn't remotely on my radar, albeit I knew we needed a new goalkeeper. Then you hear it and you start joining the dots and seeing what the positives are, what the benefits are, and what their connection manager to player is. And you start going, that actually makes a heck of a lot of sense. And we've got to say that that is a sign that has more chance of happening because of Ange as opposed to not because of him. So that's a good thing. And I, I would like him to go out and get a goalkeeper. He knows how he works. He can trust fully, very much like Lennon did before, so I'm so desperate to bring him back. Um... I would also say on the flip side about Barkas, for me, I said, I think about three months ago, for me, that was that is an experiment that has failed. And I don't see him having a future at the club. I don't think particularly he would have enjoyed his year of football either at Celtic. And I think it would do both parties, you know, a favour if he just went back. Maybe even if it is half the price we paid for him, cut your losses on this one and let him go and enjoy his football again. And from our point of view, move on. It just, it was something that, neither of the coaching sides of things whether it was Kennedy or Lennon had much faith in I think if we're being honest You touched upon something there Russell about personal relationships and with Ange and we and we have been for want of a better word we've been negative you said there you mentioned a positive that is a positive now as you say that's the personal relationship that he's had with Matt Ryan he took him to the World Cup and he's played him and that's a signing that would excite the Celtic supporters I agree because Ange has worked with them and there's that connection there. So it wouldn't take much to motivate them in terms of, you know, you're, you know, you're coming to a big club. Let's do this. Let's work together. You know, we've done it before. Yep. Let's do it again. Type thing. So these are the nuggets that you're hoping Ange Postacoglu's managerial experience will unearth and can maybe be a club, right? He's worked in uh, Japanese football and Australian football. So he will have worked with a vast, vast network of footballers and you're hoping that he can maybe pluck the best from those working relationships. What do you think, Amy? I think that's yeah, the way to go about it. Yeah, it is. You know, like we say, it's the same sort of way that we've been talking about and has to bring in his, his own management. You know, you, it's all about, you look at um, probably one of the, the, the starkest ones over the last years has been Scott Sinclair and, um, and Brendan Rodgers. Now, no doubt that's, it, it turned out great for Sinclair as well, but um, it was great for Rodgers to know, to be able to go to that man that he relied on. So it's it's going to be imperative. Um, and as well, he knows he's going to be coming into some sort of flack already because he's not number one. So it's, um, it's important that he surrounds himself with players that, that he has trust in and he has confidence in. You know, you look at, um, you know, there was Obviously, I think he was in just before Dyla, but there was Stefan Johansson as well, and it's it's mm-hmm. um, there, there, there's always has to be little connections because you've got to build your team. You know, you're already yep. you're also inheriting a team that's notoriously done drastically terrible this this season, um, and I can't even think of a better way to really put that right now. But it's um, if there's if there's a chance for you know to to bring in some new blood and to really inject your own sort of style, then then now is the time for that. And you, you've got to like see, we've now got to put all our trust in him. We, we can say what we want that it wasn't the number one, it wasn't this, wasn't that. But now we have to get behind them. If that means bringing in players who maybe this time last year we would have went mm, maybe not. But if he thinks and he believes he can get the best out of them and he can have the trust and like you say that relationship and that partnership, then then we've got to go for it. Absolutely. 
I'd just like to quickly say as well, Rogers Colo Turing, very yeah. similar as well. Just yeah. every good team needs a sort of a lieutenant on the pitch. And what Rogers also did, as we know, is had that famous meeting with Scott Brown before he took the job, just to say you're going to be my man. So he kind of built one there as well, which is quite clever because I think you do need to be represented on the field. Obviously, there's nothing more famous than Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane. Did I, oh, did I say the Roy Keane words? I think, though, that's um, that, that was always the best example I can think of of going, I have a guy on the pitch who thinks like me, who gets what I'm the message I'm trying to get across. And a goalkeeper, we've seen this season, you only need to look across the city. How many points did Alan McGregor win them last season? I know Rangers are rampant, and I'm going to give them their due. They're a fantastic year. But Alan McGregor was responsible for a lot of that good stuff as well. And I just think it's key that, that, that if Andrew's going to be successful, I mean, we're worried last week when we heard about, oh, it'll be fun, it'll be no folks in defence. If his first signing target's a goalkeeper, that actually does encourage me, I've got to say that. Well, I'm looking along the strap line at the bottom there, Russell, and that was leading me into that to say, does Celtic have a strategy in place to win back the league title in one campaign? Now... I would say that if that's the way Ange Postecoglou is going to go about it, goalkeeper first, then you might see a defender or a midfielder or a striker, that kind of thing. Then that would strike me that he's already thinking about things. Good, you know. So that that strikes me as someone that maybe does have a plan and a strategy in his mind. And now it's up to the Celtic board to back that with the finance to get the players in that he wants and the backroom staff, as Amy's alluded to, to kick-start this revolution. But I'm now interested in the building block start to be put into place. And I'm like you, I would be very happy if the first thing he did was sign a goalkeeper. Amy, you on that? You on yeah. that with that strategy? Yeah, you think that's a good way to go about it? Absolutely. As we say, it's all about the, you know, it's the spine of the team that we need to sort out, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe uh, the midfield were, were maybe okay there. Um, Cal McGregor, I don't think he's actually starting for Scotland today. Um, I'm trying to like keep my eye on both things. Sorry, um, but um, I, I think we've got maybe like the the, the the crux of the midfield is safe. But you know, we'll be looking for a for another centre half as well. Hopefully, keep on obviously to, to Christopher Julian, but we have to have a cover for him as well because, of course, he's prone to um, to injuries. But there is, of course, young Stephen Welsh, and um, I think he'll be he'll be crucial going forward. But then, like you say, I think the first real you know asset we really need to bring in to, to that spine of the the side is um, as a goalkeeper. And if we if we turn to a, a man that the um, that the manager will trust, then then we've got to get behind that. Now, Swansea Jacks comes in, Russell, and says, uh, and thank you for all your contributions and questions on all the social media forums, but he comes in and says, does Celtic have the financial clout to win the title back at the first attempt? I would say, no. yeah. There's two sides to that, Tony. Should Celtic have the financial clout to win the title back would be a very interesting question yeah, to me yeah, because yeah. now you start looking at the missed Champions League qualifications and you start counting up those pennies, mate, and you start going... Yeah. You know what? We should have been expecting a title challenge at some point to come at us. And we're never going to, no team in the world is going to win their own domestic league every single year. So there was always going to come a day. I had hoped it was further down the road, but there was always going to come this day where the other side won the, won the trophy back. It's the Marketers Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I would have liked to have thought we would have been sitting on a, you know, a, a nest egg of X amount of millions of pounds thanks to all the years we've won the league domestically. They were successful years, but we didn't double, double down. We didn't double down on it because we never qualified for the Champions League nearly enough times. That's came back and bit us a wee bit. And yeah. as has COVID, as has COVID, but I'm sick of hearing the COVID excuse. I've just seen Motherwell do free season tickets for everyone who bought one last year. So whatever situation we're in financially, I would like to think it's held through the Motherwells and we're still going to sell another, let's say, 35, 40,000 season tickets minimum. Okay? If he does start well, more of them will get snapped up. We've Financial clout's a big one. I think it's time for Celtic to speculate, to accumulate. And I've said that for a long, long time. The most money we ever made was when Brendan Rodgers was in charge. And guess what? He was the most expensive manager we ever had. But it paid for itself. We went for an option with Ange that I'm hoping is cleverer than maybe I've given it credit for. But he certainly isn't going to be the most cost uh, cost expensive option we could have went for. Let's hope he can generate the sort of numbers again that Brendan Rodgers was. And if that means we need to try and make a real fist of this Champions League qualifications, give him the tools this time. Please give the guy the tools. I don't want to see beat on at centre-half. I know Paul John jokes about it a lot, but I'm actually sick of that. And then we seem to spend after a failed qualification. Let's give the manager the best opportunity of a successful win, Tony. Jungle Lion comes in here, Amy, and it's a good point. And just going to say, if the board were going to back how to the hill, then they have to do the same with the new man. This is, this is their man. So in order for Celtic to have financial clout, they have to give the manager the money to spend on his targets and stamp his authority all over this new revolutionised Celtic team. What do you think? Yeah, it's spot on. You know, that's that's fundamentally it in a nutshell there. It's, um, I think we tried to say that last week as well. You, you know, he's going to see that um, that it was all, all throughout the press that how he was going to be given this, that and whatever. And, you know, how held everything. He held all the power and it was, you know, you'll wait until my staff are going to be ready and I'll come when I want. If I only want to start working in the summer, you know, that's when I'll come. I'll not come now. You will wait, wait for me sort of thing. So, if you know, the, the power was very much with how and, and the control and um, pretty much everything really. We were kind of, you know, bowing to how. So, wait, we have to then, of course, give Angela that same sort of respect and give him that same, you know, how come all of a sudden, how could have been able to be bringing in, you know, his list of names or whoever it may be, but now 
you know, two, three weeks later, oh, and now you're not going to be able to get that. It, it doesn't all add up. So you've got to give him that sort of um, respect. And if, you, if, if you're going to back number one, then you've got to then still be able to back number two. Very much so. Russell, are you happy with that? Yeah, I think I think Amy raises a lot of good points there. I think as well, if Celtic aren't going to back this guy, then we'll be really sort of in no man's land as to what the what the real purpose of this appointment was. We are going to give and try and give Celtic the benefit of the doubt this left field appointment, as we've heard, was actually something of a masterstroke. If they're that convinced, we'll see it. We'll see it get back. Yeah. If they don't back it, then to me it'll highlight that. This really was a, a, a you know a, a panic option that was just easy to get over the line to appease you know the hundred day you know etc countdown that had been on. If it is uh, a strategy, then fair enough. Then they have to back their man and, and then say that they have pulled off a managerial masterstroke. Uh, here's a quick one. Here's the Scotland team. I'm laughing at dikes and capitals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marshall, O'Donnell, Robertson, McTominay, Hanley, McGinn, Dykes and Capitals, Christy, Cooper, Armstrong, Hendry. Amy, was that the team that you envisaged in your head or was it a bit different? It's a bit different, obviously. So Tierney's obviously injured. Christy's a massive call. Christy over Shea Adams is a massive call. And then, I'll be honest, I'm not that disappointed that Armstrong over McGregor. I think McGregor, I think McGregor needs a rest. But I, I yep. kind of advocated that. And, you know, that's what the, the friendlies were for. I don't understand why McGregor played in them. So I find it a bit odd um, because I just worry maybe that defensively you're going to hold Armstrong back because somebody's going to need to sit deeper. You certainly don't want it to be McGinn. So... But, you know, going forward, in the attacking sense, Armstrong's been fantastic. And Armstrong against, you know, the Netherlands, he was he was absolutely superb. So I'm excited about that. Tierney's a massive, massive loss. Mm. Um, like I say, Christie's a huge call. But I'm delighted to see Jack Hendry in there as well. And uh, Liam Cooper, because I'm really impressed by Cooper. I love him at the back, I really do. There was also a lobby for Billy Gilmore coming in as well. Were you on that? Bush I, a better expression, Russell. <laughs> not from the start. Not from yep. the start. I think um, you know. I think he can be a fantastic impact sub, and you know, he, there is no doubt he is an absolutely phenomenal player. But it's a lot to you know, it's a lot to put on young shoulders still. But like I say, if um, sixty minute mark bring him on because the confidence is there. And how many times you know, and, and Tony and, and Russell, you'll both be so much more clued up on this than me. But how many times over the years have we said that it's um, you know, why aren't Scotland bringing in the, in the youth? You look at Spain, you look at you know Germany, you look at the Netherlands. They'll be bringing in these young players. So age was never a you know a barrier. But for so many years, age has been a bit. Whoa, we have to wait till they're twenty two or whatever like that. But mm-hmm. you know, by the the Spaniards and, and the Germans, they had the, their their complete team by that age. Um, yep. So Probably. you know, we can't be calling you know now be annoyed that obviously Gilmore's been brought in and it's the same with Patterson as well and there's a lot of calls for Patterson to start ahead of O'Donnell I still I still think going away O'Donnell's the right move I've been really impressed with him in a, in a Scotland shirt and again it's just you know maybe Patterson is technically the better player but I think in this setup, um, and it's quite a robust back line that um, I, I'm more than happy with the with O'Donnell like I say I think the biggest call is, is Christie Russell your thoughts on that team? I'm a wee, I'm not as not happy as I thought I would be with the team. Um, I think O'Donnell's, I didn't think sentiment played a part in Steve Clark's psyche. I can't help but feel that that's either quite a negative decision because he's defensively stalled when I feel like this game is the one that we should be going for the throat. Yeah. Um, actually, see when we played the Netherlands, 
James Forrest, I thought, had a really good game, considering as well how long he'd been out. Yep. He was so tidy in the right wing back row. It's a mission of it. It is the graveyard shift a wing back row. I mean, you only need to listen to Eddie Allen Thompson interview, and he tells he tells you because it is a graveyard shift playing wing back. But I think Forrest offers so much more going forward. I think experience wise, he knows now when to play a pass safely and when to take on a man better. O'Donnell's offering nothing going forward. If I'm being completely brutally honest, I find Ryan Christie's inclusion very interesting. I do believe that is based on past Scotland glories that he's achieved as opposed to current form and I've got to agree with Callum McGregor being dropped and I don't like saying that but for me he has been off the boil for a, the whole season in my opinion in fact I think Callum McGregor we needed to step up this year and he was found wanting I'm not going to completely put that on him though I think if you actually look he's played more games in Europe I think than any other player by some distance in the last five years I read somewhere he played something like he was averaging 65 games a season between yeah. club and country. That's a lot of football. And that is going to take its toll. Whether he's just, I know he's just turned 28 today and he's coming at the peak of his powers, but I think that he maybe suffered from a bit of burnout this year. <laughs> a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's the Scotland team. We'll get back to domestic matters at hand. And I read an interesting article over the weekend. It was Jerry Creaney, former Celtic striker. And he was urged to activate the clause in Lee Griffiths' contract to give him another 12 months. Now, I know this is an issue that probably divides the Celtic supporters, but I'm of the opinion that if Ange Postacoglu likes attacking football, Lee Griffiths is our most lethal striker that we have at the club at this moment in time. If you play a type of football that suits him, then he will score you goals. I know there's attitude problems, I know there's fitness problems, and I know there's underlying problems but if you can just get him focused and get him back to the striker that can score you he'll score you 25-30 goals a season maybe up towards 40 if he's in the mood and he's in the right headspace what do you think of that? I mean, I'm of the opinion that I would activate the clause and keep him and say last chance saloon let me see what you've got and then maybe try and find the big striker to play off him because Lee Griffiths likes playing off Another guy with Notch and Edward and him linked up. They linked up very well. Now, I know you're a big fan of, I'll throw a name there, Amy Lyndon Dykes. Capital letters, Dykes. You know, something like that could maybe bring out the best in Lee Griffiths. So hopefully Andy's maybe thinking along those lines to get a little enlarged show type thing to get a two-pronged attack if they're going to play this attack in football, which, which we've seen from the stats does yield goals concedes a few but we'll, we'll start with, we'll go with a positive and say a system or a formation that he likes to play yields goals so I think Lee Griffiths is the man that could revitalise his career under Ange Absolutely it's um, you know we, we all know it Griffiths has had the most last chance saloons of any <laughs> last chance saloon ever um, and you know obviously what comes into that is like you say the things that have happened you know off the pitch but what also comes into that is on the pitch, you know, nobody is not under the illusion that on his day, Lee Griffiths is the best finisher in this country. Um, he is a, a ridiculous finisher. Like you say, you don't score 40 goals for him. Um, it is no mean feat. 
even if you know you can talk about the, the division and, and whatnot but you know there's a reason why others haven't done that over over the past however many years you want to you want to you know uh, whoever you want to say, but it's um, it's a tough one. I've said before, I am I am massively in the in the Griffiths camp because I know if I just or I have that fear if he went anywhere else in Scotland, I think he would just come back and it would bite us. I really do. I think it's um, it's one of those ones that I know you can't hold on to. You just can't hold on to it for that reason. But it's it's kind of like you know when we signed Scott Allen, it was more just so we were never coming up against them, and there was nobody else was was getting them. We were making sure that we were keeping a, a hold of the, of the best players. And I just feel you know if he went to Aberdeen or if he went to Hibernian, the two that he's really been linked to, I think he was still really put in a shift. I really do. Um, so I think you know if if Ange or if anyone could really you know get get a tune out of Griffiths, and I think you've still got a, a ridiculously talented striker on your hands, and I think. Like I say, it's really, really tough. But maybe it's tough to to judge on the season. And you could say there's every season's a clean slate for Griffiths, but this is maybe the the last and maybe the cleanest of the slates because there has been you know, connections with with Lennon over the years. And maybe first time round, first time round, sorry, it worked really well. But you know, a lot's happened since then. Obviously, Lennon went to Hibs. Griffiths has got a, a massive affiliation still with Hibs, so you never know. There could have been little things in there. And then obviously the, the when it, when he came back not the season just passed, the season before, the curtailed season, you know, just, just before that, when we, we switched the, to the, the two up top with Edward and Griffiths, Griffiths was, you know, it was like a new signing. Um, and, and Lennon got a tune out of him and obviously it was because you could see he had that almost like his, that arm around him and Griffiths felt, oh, I'm, I'm back a part of this. And, and he was hitting that great form. I think we were due to play Rangers um, just before the, yeah. of the COVID outbreak and then there were Scotland games coming up as well and everyone was going, wow, Griffiths is going to start for Scotland. You know, and and I've I have slayed the season. You know, it was a, a disgrace that um, Griffiths, sorry, never really got himself back into shape towards the end of that season because when when Celtic had nothing to play for, Griffiths had this. Griffiths had the, this afternoon. You know, he had that aim, and there there was always going to be there was always that gap that you know if if Griffiths made a, a last push, that there was a good chance that Clark was gonna was gonna pick him because our Scotland squad with with Lee Griffiths Lee Griffiths in it, sorry, is stronger than than not. Um, and you know we can we can talk about if buts and maybes, but it's um I've kind of dodged the whole question: would I give him or would I not? But I'm gonna go with yes. I'll go with a very long-winded answer to to yes. Right. Russell, <laughs> I, it's what I agree with that totally. I just thought not a long-winded answer, well thought out. I right. uh, I think that Griffiths brings you a lot. He runs the channels, he scores goals, headers, both feet, but also he can take a set piece as well. 25, 30, 30 even 35 yards. You know, he, he's just a striker that offers you more than just score goals, which is why I would give him this last. Last, 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 last saloon chances he was, he was <laughs> You know, clean slate under a new manager who loves to play attacking football. You surely must look at him and think, that's my kind of player. I need to play the football that suits him, get a tune out of him and get him happy again. What do you think? I could agree more, Tony. I think today is going to be the day that the penny drops for Lee Griffiths. I think he'll sit and watch this thinking what could have been. Amy talks about if, buts and maybes. He will be sick of those words right now, Amy, because they are going to be all going through his head. Where did this all fall down? Where did it all fall apart that I'm now going, as you rightfully pointed out, Amy, 
looking like a new signing when he was played up top with Edward. He actually played with an intelligence in that partnership that was way he doesn't get way more uh, enough respect for. You know, I think everyone goes on about his finishing. Lee, Lee Griffith's an intelligent footballer as well. He was on the same wavelength as Edward. He knew where the ball was going to go or where he was to lay it off for Edward and vice versa. They were really, really, there was a brilliant chemistry there. For that to be him, this new signing, taking Celtic to the ninth title, and he was, I think, pivotal in all that, to now out of the whole squad for Scotland at the Euros a year, a year or so later, firstly, I felt he was hung out to dry, and I don't think he responds well to that. Neil Lennon should have took him to, the Fran- to France by not taking him to France for that pre-season trip. Double doom. That's what he did. He do- if he's got fitness issues, surely he needs. he's going to benefit more than anyone from this trip. Punishing him like that, to me, was a dinosaur move, a prehistoric move. And whether he likes that term or not, it was. It was punishing in the wrong way. And I don't think Griffiths responds well to that anyway. I think Lennon showed he knows how to deal with Lee Griffiths before. And then by that action, by not taking him to France, to me, was a bit petty. And I just think, isn't it a modern, a modern outlook? Yes, he's done wrong, but we need to fix the situation. Because like Amy says... This guy's capable of 40 goals a year. What benefit is it to anyone not getting him back up to speed at the soonest possible date? Since then, Griffiths never really came back into the fold as we expected. I know there was a crucial goal at McDermott Park, but out with that, he never had that impact. And I wonder if he responded well to how that pre-seasoning treatment worked for him. I think, yes, he done wrong, but Lee Griffiths needs to be looked after. He needs, he needs a hug, he needs an arm around him, and he needs push. I think punishing him like that set off a bad tone for the season for Lee Griffith. And I just hope, I just think that's Amy rightfully points out as well. The thought of him in an Aberdeen strip (laughs) will give you the fear because you'll know straight away what's going to happen. You already know the script at Pataudry. You know, you can see it. Um, And for me, I think a manager coming in and you league, we talked about personal relationships and stuff. The manager's got no relationship with the SPFL. Let's have as many players as we can that do. And Lee Griffiths has an absolutely fantastic relationship with the SPFL. He is what has he scored over a hundred Premier League goals now? Yeah. I yeah. mean, we we just need to sign him on a one year. Give him one more year. We yeah. we, we can't afford not to for me. Yep. And Studio Riley comes in. It's just off topic, but he uh, a row of Denmark flag and he's put all pray for a speedy recovery for Christian Eriksen. I think we would all agree with that. Saturday was one of the darkest days I think you've had watching live football uh, ever. It was just uh, some shocking and, and horrible scenes which you never ever want to see again. Amy, I don't know, did you did you see it? Were you watching at the time? Or? Yeah, I was. Um, and you know, I, I, I got no shame in saying it. I, I was I was extremely upset and I, and I was crying. It was a really really tough watch. Yeah. Um, and you know there was. There was quite a, a fair bit of it shown, but um, no, it's you know, and it's it's um, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you if you like the player, if you you know have an affiliation with Spurs or with Inter Milan or with anything like that. It was um, it was a really really tough watch, and you, you just have to. I think more than anything, though, I think that the picture that really has, has struck a chord with me is um, and and in the in the moment it, it was the same, you know, it was it was the Danish side, you know, shielding them. Yeah. Um, and and that was that was beautiful to be honest. It was um, really really moving, um, and I think that it just speaks. You know, we, we can talk about it, and you know, I think it was in the 
the BBC were covering it and it was Cesc Fabregas, who I think is, a, is an amazing pundit, um, pretty much as, as good as he was a player. And it was just, it was as he said, you know, you, you can go home after a game or whatnot and, you know, get quite annoyed and, and get quite blunt and sharp with your family because of the way that you you maybe played or whatever. And we, we're all guilty of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game. Um, and you know, I think it's since obviously transpired, it, it was a cardiac arrest that he suffered. And you know, this is a, a young, fit man. Um, you know, the, the fittest, and it just shows you know that, that obviously that life is short. So it's um, it was a really, really tough, tough watch. But um, you absolutely you just got to send your best wishes to him. Amy said, "Dear Russell, the beautiful scene with the Danish team put the beautiful in the words the beautiful game." It was just very touching and also the captain speaking to Ericsson's wife. Those are what I'll take from that. Uh, those seeds, you know, the, the good part of it. You know, caring football heart, you know, that football family thing and the fact that Ericsson is now okay and uh, and he seems to be recovering from uh, the, the cardiac arrest. But uh, there was some touching and emotional pictures being beamed into your living room which you hope never to see again Totally agree with you Tony I mean it was harrowing it was really at home I think I think these moments is one of the things that the beauty of it I'm sure Eric's himself will like this you know I think everyone does a wee bit of self reflecting when you see something like that don't you I think it's important you do that in life and it's not about making a situation that about you first and foremost your thoughts are with him his family what they're all going through you know, they, you know, they're all being captured live on TV, so unexpected. What a, you know, a roller coaster of emotions to happen just like that. But what it does for me is it makes me think, that could be me out walking the dog tomorrow. I'm yeah. four years older than him and do not live as clean a life as Christian Eriksen does. So it can happen to anyone. And when you're here, I just feel like, make the most of it, do something that counts. I tried to, I ended up, it led me to phone my mum. If I'm being honest to you, and I had a, a long, hour-long chat about it with my mum. So it just put things in perspective and thinking, and she said to me, she goes, have you done enough while you're here? And I said, no, I don't feel I have. And I just thought, you know, that could be any of us at any time. And when you're here, make it count. And, you know, the beauty for Christian Eriksen, of course, is what a life he's led so far and hopefully has many more fruitful years. But, you know, I just thought 29, that's younger than me by four or five years now, you know, and that's... It just you just don't expect to see it. It was really upsetting to watch, and I do feel like the argument about the TV cameras, what they should and shouldn't have shown, I think is still for another day for me. I think him getting back to his his yeah. optimum health comes first. It was an unprecedented decision, uh, 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 occurrence. You know, it was unprecedented, and I, think yeah, I don't want to get into that tit for tat nonsense. You know, Mark Pugak summed it up best on ITV when he was talking, and he said the best result that we've had all day was. Christian Eriksen making a recovery, okay. sitting up in his bed, and I thought, you know what, Mark, you guys, it's why you're one of the best broadcasters out there. He said, such and such one, whatever he said, but that didn't matter. He said, the best result we got today was Christian Eriksen. You know, and I Brilliant. thought, you know what, he just nailed it right there, man. So nothing else mattered. Eriksen and his immediate family, and that was it. And I thought, hat tip to you, Mr. Pugach. You know, I know you go on about England a lot. You know, but hey, but he just knew it. He just caught it, and he caught a lovely moment. And I thought that was clapping. I thought it was a nice, nice trip. You know, just they did it superbly well. So, so thanks for that. We'll move on. Another thing I noticed about 
uh, over the weekend Celtic related was this this Aston Villa ain't going away in their pursuit of David Turnbull I think it was on one of their kind of uh, Aston Villa websites or you know that they're still saying that Aston Villa are sniffing around Turnbull for seven million quid now I would chase them back to Midlands uh, for that derisory offer but I mean Foster Coglu will be told when he comes in that boy's a baller <laughs> he ain't going nowhere and you fit players around him and do your thing that's part of the strategy that I would have in place to win the league back because he won the young player of the, the year which was a decent achievement for somebody who didn't come into the Celtic team as a regular until December Amy Turnbull's sure enough to to stay where he is hasn't he you want him to stay you would be at pains to let him go at this moment in time wouldn't you and they're not losing. Can we can we let Turnbull go? You know, it's um, we we can dissect it and, and talk about it until the the, t- the cows come home. But it's um, it's just it's a non-starter that it really is. There is um, you know, talk about probably possibly getting off on the worst possible foot as a, as a manager as a new CEO. Um, you know, as this whole rebuild takes over, that is probably the worst. Yep. The first step that um, we, we could crack on with, it's um, there's just, you know, it's, it's quite unfathomable to actually even think about it. He, we can't, you know, we're, we're talking about players, you know, who can be a mainstay? Who can we, you know, right now, who can we kind of like build around? And we're talking about McGregor, we're talking about, you know, Julian. Um, <laughs> Turnbull's right up there, he has to be. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about like right now, maybe how strong we are in that sort of, like that cam sort of position, that number ten sort of role, you know, with with Rogic, with with Christie, with um, with Turnbull. If you let Turnbull go, we're talking. There's talks obviously that Christie will be away after the summer. You know, again, there's another thing. He's starting today. That's a great. This is a great stage for him to really, you know, to get to get a suitor. There was no probably exactly didn't think that he was going to get a a game. You know, probably not a start um, in, in the Scotland setup. So this is these are all you know things as well that will contribute to it. So if he puts in a shift, then you know chances are Christie's away. And then as much as maybe I, I am probably still a little bit hanging on to, to Tommy Rogic, there's a there's a vast majority of the Celtic fans who who aren't and, and want him out the door. I think that doesn't. I don't see that happening now with, with Ange coming in. But do you really just want to be left with Rogic? As much as I'm saying I'm still a, a fan, absolutely not. You know, you probably maybe get sixty minutes out of him on a good day, and then if not that, it's going to be the thirty minutes. It's going to be the other side of things. It'll be the the impact sub. So we can't be left with just you know with Tom Rogic. So it's absolutely imperative that we keep Turnbull, it really is. Russell, you would echo that sentiment. I, I'm not advocating that we should sell Turnbull, it's just I was reading Chelsea sure. as you do and this, there was, they keep banging on about it uh, down there, you know, so I was just, just wanted to garner your thoughts on it because it's Tory. a nice for me, you know, it's just... Tony, 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 £7 million pounds in the English oh. Premier League, that's the equivalent of like Honestly, like five hundred grand to like yeah, a yeah. second. Like, pennies. We, yeah, it's pennies, Amy. You're absolutely right. If we we're a selling club, we need to get that in our heads right now. And at no point are we ever going to be in a position we can just turn down anything for anyone. Do you know what I mean? We can go, oh, take the offer as high as you want, and we'll still reject it. That's not the world we operate in. So if they want to get real and they want David Turnbull, I think you need to be going twenty million plus. People can scoff at that all they want, but the fact is. Whilst they might not think he's a £20 million player, his value to Celtic equates to that because yeah. he is so crucial for us going forward. That, therefore, inflates his value. 
Do people understand that? I, you know, I know it's difficult. And people here, money associated with players, they think that you're over-exaggerating the quality. You need to look at the market you're selling to and what his importance is to our team. And I think David Turnbull right now, you're absolutely right, Amy, is going to be the guy that Ange, if he's got anything about him, will be building the team around. Interesting in Rogic. I want you to bring up your thoughts on this because I think he knows Tommy Rogic. He knows exactly what he's capable of. I think Rogic, as football's evolved, is one of those folk, I like him as a player, I like watching him, but in the modern day, it's all about pace, isn't it? Pace is so crucial, and he's got none. Would you consider playing Tommy Rogic, if you've got all the faith in his football ability and his football intelligence, to play him one deeper than the number 10 role and push Turnbull forward? I knew you were going to say that. Now, my concern with Rogic has always been you can compile a DVD of Rogic's greatest goals and it would be a superb DVD. <laughs> but you cannot compile a DVD of Rogic's greatest games because they're non-existent. He has the, DVD, the DVD wouldn't last 60 minutes. I <laughs> <laughs> well, correct. You would conk out about the 48-minute mark. Uh, now, if you get what I mean, right, because he has fleeting moments in games which left him and the team out the ordinary, which people equate to being a great footballer. There's ability there. I'm not denying that. But he's not shown it enough on a consistent basis for me throughout his Celtic career. Now, Ange, again, going back to personal relationships, Ange could maybe get a tune out of Tommy Rogic, which is why Amy's holding on to that thought. And it might be something worth considering dropping them deeper and no asking up to run and just mm-hmm. sit and just be a sitter and say hey you, you, you protect you protect that's my phone going I don't know that but uh, <laughs> Tommy Rogic Tommy Rogic you <laughs> but again that's that could all come down to a piece of good management then yep from, from on Angie's part you know because he was a guy who was supposedly out the door and then he started making overtures that he was going to stay so he obviously clearly likes Ange Postacoglu and Ange Postacoglu clearly likes him so again being negative enough this might be another positive that could work out to Celtic's benefit right so let's say let's say that happens and you might get a rejuvenated Rogic and he has got twinkle toes and he can bend one into top corner bottom corner so you've still got that but you're not asking him to do anything that's beyond his capabilities, if you get what I mean. But you can still get a guy who could perform a function and a role in the team. I think that's what you're hoping for, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, as we say, it's probably, you know, maybe the, the one man who could really, like you say, inject a little bit of something and inject that fire back into into Rogic, you know, because he, he can play with a smile on his face. Um and it's been a it's been a while since we've seen that. And, you know, he definitely he looked um you know, at his best those few seasons ago, and he was, like you say, obviously he was scoring goals left, right, and centre. But um it's you know, it's it's gonna be a tough one. But I, I think I think he will um, well keep him on. I think it's very important for Ange. We were talking about Matt Ryan coming in and him having, you know, guys that he knows inside it. Rogic is going to be crucial for Ange Postecoglou to be the, the you know, the, the go-between between... Remember Tom Rogic has now been at Celtic as well. So it's not it's not just about what Ange knows Rogic is capable on the pitch. 
It's what Rogic can be educating Ange about when it comes to Celtic mm. and all things Celtic. Rogic has been at the club nearly 10 years. It's mad, but I think he must be about eight years now, nine years. He's been at Celtic. It must be something like that. Come and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it must be, yeah, nearing, I think about eight years he's been there. So he knows Celtic now, every single caveat of the club, good and bad. I think he's going to be crucial for, for Ange to have the, one of these personal relationships. You said it at the start as well, Russell, that Scott Brown was Brendan Rodgers' go-to guy. So, eight years. Yeah, eight years he's been there. So Tom Rodgers could be Mr Coglu's go-to guy. And it's probably not a bad thing because, as you say, he can educate him on everything Celtic and it'll be clearly a man that he trusts because yep. there's been that working relationship. You can't stress how much that's going to be important moving forward. Celtic's strategy and also the way they can move, they can take things forward and mount a serious title challenge. You know, you can't underplay these things or underestimate them. So, you know, I, I really do think that things like that, it's the little things, it's the tiny minutiae that you have to get right in order for the big things to fall into place. And if you can get those right, then you yeah. can look forward with optimism. Has Tom Rogic been managed right by Celtic or has Tom Rogic's attitude been the problem? I think it's such a conundrum. Do you know that first season um, when Rogers was in charge? Now, Tom Rogic, to me, is like the opposite of what I would consider a Brendan Rogers type of player. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, and yet Rogic was the man. I'll always go back to that 4 3 game at Fur Park, one of my favourite Celtic games in recent times. And he was just amazing. I know everyone talks about the cup final, but the Motherwell one at Fur Park was my favourite. I don't know why. But Rogic seemed to respond to, to, to whatever it was Rogers wanted. And Rogers, Rogers, for as efficient and fit our team was and how much they worked to assist him, Rogic, uh, Rogic was the maverick who still managed to fit into Rogers' plans and always the biggest games as well came alive. I would love to see a manager get a tune out of him again. He's 28. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing about Rodrik. He could go well, almost a season kind of under the radar, but he would turn up in big games with these fleeting moments that like I said, cup final goals, important goals, which then people confuse with the fact, oh, he's a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't because he never did it over 30, 40 game season. He did it in games that mattered, strangely enough, which was my conundrum with him. Because I think there's ability there, but you, there is a current you, you ain't shown it for the whole stretch. You, it was like it's a cup final. I think I'll turn up today. You know that kind of thing. The strangers fancy it because you look at the goals he scored: the three-two game at Ibrox, the cup final, the two-nil game at Ibrox, Motherwell. You know when there wouldn't have been any talk of the invincible season because Motherwell were two-nil up at that at halftime in the game. Three-two and stuff like that. So, you know, he he has contributed big moments. That's what I'm saying, but not enough to make you the complete player. I.e., mm-hmm. I meet someone and say you're wonderful, you're a mainstay. I would never drop you, or I would never let you leave. Mm-hmm. Maybe Postecoglou could maybe. That's what I want to see Postecoglou's management come into place and see what he's got, because it's guys like that that are going to be important moving okay. forward. Amy, what do you think? And then yeah. you see the Postacoglu's psyche and how he works, you know? 
Yeah, as you know, you're 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 spot on in everything you say there, um, because it is it's, it's about that, like you say, it's it's about that continuity um, and being able to to turn to at all times. It's not just the the magic moment that maybe happens, you know, once every three four games or whatever. I know maybe once every three four games is actually not that bad, but it's um, it's looking for that Mister Consistent. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. No, it's what. Eight minutes before we end. Let's go back to Scotland because I'm getting excited. I don't know about you guys. Oh, uh, the team, uh, probably not the team I would have picked, but hey, you've got to just throw everything at this. This is the one that could help you qualify. If you win today, you could go through as one of the highest place runners up. Amy, you don't know how lucky you are if you see Scotland reach the second <laughs> round of a, your first ever tournament. You know what I mean? You'd be like the best I'm 48, I'll be waiting for it on my life. You know what I mean? It's not happened. So, I mean, we've got to go out and get a result today, guys, have we not? Win today, the England game takes care of itself. Absolutely. England game, England game takes total care of itself. Um, you know, and I'll be honest, if you watch, um, I don't know if you get you guys watched um, England-Croatia yesterday, I wasn't impressed by either. Um, and I think, you know, I think you can, we can we can dissect it and you can talk about maybe it's typical English, but you were really talking yesterday that the pundits and, and all the reaction was that, wow, England were, you know, absolutely phenomenal and they were like world beaters. Croatia were so below par. Um, and again, there was there was no doubt. Uh, um, the, the goal was decent. Calvin Phillips played decent. You know, it was okay. The, at the back, they had nothing to do. Jordan Pickford wasn't even he, he could as as my dad likes to say, he could have sat in the stands. You know, yep. it was um, there. There was no real. There was like they didn't need to be absolutely fantastic. Kane's name was barely mentioned. Um, so I, I think yesterday the reaction was a little bit over the top, but you know I'm all for that. Then if they get all you know riled up and think that this is absolutely amazing, but um, I wouldn't. I certainly have no fear of either after after that performance yesterday. I think Croatia are. This could be a tournament too many for that Croatia side. Um, they're an agent side, you know. Luka Modric is, is is a classy, classy player, you know, and these guys are are, are timeless. Um, but you can see, kind of, we're talking. I'm not comparing. Not Rogic, but as we're talking, and it's kind of that he, he needs to sit back because he's not got the legs now. The the, ma- the magic moments are still going to be there with Modric, and, and yeah. forever will be. But you know, it was even you know Perisic as well. He was getting angry because there was there was nobody up there with him. Um, so I think there's no doubt it's still. I'm not saying oh, we're now going to go and, and beat the Croats, but you know, it's it's maybe also playing into our hands that that's our last game and their last game as well because they'll be tired and they'll they'll be like. Done yesterday. Um, <laughs> really did. So I think we could we could be catching the Croats at a good time as well. But um, no, it's all about this one. You know, we're at Hamden. This is this is amazing. It's the it's the, the kickstart. And if if we can get a result against anyone, then you would you'd like to fancy us against the Czech Republic. You know, we've played them quite recently. It's only been a few years. Um, and you know, man for man, we're not too um, we're not too dissimilar. So, like you say. I think we're all maybe a little bit shocked at that at the at the team. Um, the 
there's no doubt Tierney's a massive, massive omission. You know, and it's, it's tough because I think they done the double session the other day, and then I think on Friday they were like, oh, Tierney's the only one not training, but it's okay because it was always a plan. But now it's just like, oh, it's um, maybe the hints were there. So it's a little bit disappointing, but, um, you know, it's still it's a great side putting out there. You know, we're maybe talking that Cal McGregor's not starting, but but sure, Armstrong's starting, you know, and he's um, he, he's fanta- he's been fantastic in a Scotland jar- jersey. But as I say, let's just not um, rely on Armstrong to, to clear the ball. So. <laughs> very much. I get the feeling that the Croats thought we'll take a dunt against England because we'll beat the Czechs and the Scots. That's the way I was thinking that they were, that was in their kind of mindset. They think they've got enough to beat us both and qualify as one of you know, a runner-up or whatever. So I'm just hoping that they, th- they keep thinking like that and Scotland give them more food for thought than they thought. What do you think, Russell? I didn't see anything that impressed me yesterday. I think if Calvin Phillips is England's best player, he wouldn't get a game for Scotland. It's truth. He wouldn't get in our midfield. Calvin Phillips would not get in our midfield. He was the best player. Pitford's a donkey in goals as well. I think he can be got at. I think he can be got at. I don't rate him at all. See what you mean, Russell. Oh, I know. I probably don't know for it, man. And I think the Croatians, if they're thinking like that, Tony, that plays into our hands. Yeah. I think, honestly, as well, I'm going to, like, if we flash, if we. Go forward to Friday a wee bit, and I know you were saying it takes care of itself. The one thing that's getting overlooked in all this, everyone looks at squads and they talk about, oh, they've got 50 million players. All those numbers are irrelevant because they're fabricated and made up because of an overinflated, you know, overhyped league, as far as I'm concerned. I actually happen to think folk are overlooking who would you rather in charge, Steve Clark or Gareth Southgate? They're night and day. Clark is a million miles ahead of Southgate, like a million. And I think that is totally getting underestimated. We'll find that out in four days, mate. <laughs> oh, on, man. I'm all for it. I think, I think they can be got at. I, do, I agree with Amy. I think the Croatians look leggy. Yeah. I, I, I would exempt Modric, Modric because of, I nearly called him Mogic, like a hybrid of Tom Rogic and Luka Modric. But, like, I actually think Modric you would exempt from it because, as Amy says, Magic's in his boots. He can still do it. He needs runners, though. And I thought they lacked runners. Even Perisic himself, who I've loved for years, he's a brilliant player. I think even he's lost half a yard. Um, I think the group can be got at. I think we've got a right good chance. Win today sets us up nicely, but don't come first, Scotland. That's the biggest worry I've got. If we come first, we go out. I've never had this headache in my life. I want to get ahead of ourselves. We've never qualified in my group before. You're, you're talking about top. You know what I mean? With Steve Clark. Well, you think that was I know you're excited. Get ahead of yourself. Come on, now behave. You know. We'll take it. We'll take it today, and just see where we go from there. Because we've been in this movie before. Peru, Costa Rica, things like that. You know what I mean? So doable games, and we'll end up with a belt in the mush. Slap in the purse, whatever you say, round your way, Amy. But I don't know, is that what it is? <laughs> but no, I mean, everything, a lot hinges on today. Scotland can get three points today and just take and get, get their campaign off to a flyer. We'll go into England. And you just say, I think they've got the players to trouble England. I really do. But my concern is the likes of Jack Grealish never played yesterday, you know, guys like that. And they've got strong, strong players. They've got a good side, you know. And Sancho wasn't even in the squad. I know. You know, frightening, eh? It's crazy. But, but hey... Uh, I don't know, you're right. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the Tierney mission is a huge thing for Scotland today. It's a, it's a real blow. But again, other guys now have the chance to step up to the plate. And That's it. 
do their country proud, and and that's all we want to do. We just we just want them to do us proud because it's been a long, long time, twenty three years or so in the making. Amy, your first ever tournament. I'm buzzing more for you than anything else here. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just a brilliant, a brilliant day. Hopefully, so Scotland. Hopefully, Scotland can cement it and get the result and enjoy watching with your dad. And that'll be a that'll be a great moment in sport. I've been Tony Haggerty. This has been the Monday Club. That's been Amy. Come on, Scotland. Come on, Scotland. Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.